A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. Hey, welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time tuning in. Now, today's topic was not in my queue to talk about. This is an impromptu subject, and I'm jumping on to talk about this because it happened to my friend just recently. I'll call her Ella for this episode, even though she gave me full permission to speak in detail of this topic because she's still going through all the legalities of this, and I want to make sure that she's okay. Last week, I got a text from my very, very good friend, Ella, and the text was a paragraph that sounded frantic and in despair, and for good reason. Ella had been scammed of all her life savings and also put into debt to the tune of 200000 She lives overseas in Europe, and from my understanding, there is no such thing as just filing for bankruptcy. Her wages will be garnished, she could become homeless, and she has a severe diabetic condition. So how did she get to this point? Basically, earlier in the year, she invested into a company that supposedly was going to help her flip her investments into a lot of profit. I don't know all the details of this, except that she said she did her due diligence and looked up the company and the website. It seemed like it was legit. The guy whom she worked with seemed to have an impressive portfolio, and he had a team of people whom she spoke with on different occasions who seemed to back up everything that he was saying. Everything looked and sounded legit. It was not legit, but organized high crime. It sounds similar to what the Tinder swindler, of whom there is a Netflix special, did how he operated in order to swindle so much money, literally millions, from the women that he did. Except with my friend, there was no romantic or relationship component. It was purely professional in the form of financial investments. In both of these types of extraordinarily high dollar amount scams, there seemed to be a credit card component. This is how these scammers are able to extract such huge amounts of money per victim. Now, before I go on, I want you to stop and check yourself. What are your thoughts and what are your feelings about the situation? If you've watched the Tinder swindler, or even if you haven't and you know the general gist of the story, what are your thoughts, your questions, your feelings about the victims? I remember when the Tinder swindler first came out, I wasn't really interested in watching it until I found out that these women were swindled of massive amounts of money. I wanted to know how this was possible to lose so much money without catching it before it got to those amounts. This is pretty hypocritical thinking for me because I have and take advantage of the fact that I have my husband who is really good at monitoring and managing our money. So I was curious and watched the docuseries and it was very sad. I felt so bad for these women and so angry about what had been done to them. The crazy thing is that guy, 
that did this to all these women that devastated their lives continues to live a luxurious life scot-free overseas. Meanwhile, these women are left with the debt trying to pick up the pieces of their life while they're also being victim-shamed and victim-blamed for what happened. I haven't seen anywhere near as much blame for the actual culprit of this whole situation. This predatorial piece of human garbage that manipulated these women through the goodness of their hearts without any care of the emotional trauma and financial devastation that he's leaving them with. On top of that, the financial institutions that they owe money to, they still owe money to. This is what's happened to my friend. She worked her ass off her entire life inside the home, outside the home. While she was married, she took care of the family. And even after she got divorced, she tried to bring the kids with her ex together and would still prepare dinners for them. She drives two hours each way every day to go to work. And she asked no one for favors. She saved a nest egg over all her years of working and she wanted to learn how to invest. This is how she came upon the company that would eventually swoop in to rob her. I probably shouldn't call it a company. It's more like an organized group of criminals with the operation that is clearly well thought out. And I'm sure that my friend is not the only person that they've done this to. Just like the Tinder swindler, they've just made off like the bandits that they are while my friend is left with the rubble. These organized criminals are very sophisticated in their operation because it would take that to be able to formulate a story that works. And not only that, be able to have things systematically done digitally so that they can remove your money quickly and without a trace. On top of that, I'm pretty sure that the victims they choose are no accident. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend and what type of person she is. She's had her diabetic condition since she was a child. Even though she's slender, eats well, and works out consistently, she has to take insulin and her condition is such that if she's not on the ball with a strict diet and exercise and insulin, daily she could pass out, get paralyzed, and possibly die. Throughout her entire adult life, she never had any help or support to care for her or her medical condition. She never complained. She just did what she needed to do for herself. Even when she had money, she was so unpretentious, so authentically kind, open, warm, compassionate, empathetic. The list goes on. This couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And this kind of thing happens to this type of person by the lowest of the low. That is, people who have the intelligence to put this together, and instead of using their intelligence for something good in the world, they use it to swindle and devastate. Rinse, repeat. So when I received her wailful text after the initial shock, I was pissed, but I couldn't react with that emotion with her, at least not at first, because she was in a state of despair and a kind of mourning for the loss of the life she knew, at least for the time being. So she was very fragile, so it was not the time and place to let her know that she had every right to be angry, too. In sharing this with you right now, at the time I didn't really think of it, but my having had to hold back my own explosive emotions in order to protect the space for someone who needed it more is reminding me of how my father was when I came home and discovered that my brother had died. 
I remember him standing next to my mom, always a little bit behind, stoically and quiet in his grief while my mom fell apart. This is making me think of how, and I don't say this to be sexist, but this is how it's traditionally played out, the way that men often love through their strength to protect us. This is also how parents who are more evolved protect their children. I say more evolved because I was a very young mom in the middle of my own life crisis with nobody around to help me and teach me, support me. And I did not know at the time how to show up with more strength for my kids so that they could feel more safe and secure. I'm sharing these digressions with you because they're actually connected. That is the point. We are all connected. We're connected in millions of ways, and we're also disconnected in some ways. And it's up to us to decide in which ways we're connected and in which ways we'll disconnect. Which brings me to this next point. Our society has it wrong. I know that's a big blanket statement, but let me tell you why I do not think it's a 50-50 situation between good versus evil, right versus wrong, nor that it's simply a difference of opinions of neutral stances. Now, just me spelling it out like that is probably already giving you a clue. We all know that there's a lot of corruption and cruelty and that life is unfair. The issue isn't that we're not acknowledging these things. The issue is that as a society, in every aspect of our existence, from politics to the celebrities we follow and worship, to our everyday conversations with people in our lives, we support, we enable and empower, whether directly or indirectly, perpetrators. And everything is worse now because this is the era of the narcissist, thanks to social media. Let's take a super quick micro stretch break. And when we come back, I will continue on with what I think is the actual problem behind the scenes and why and how we can shift the current against this type of injustice. There's an actress, and I don't remember which one exactly. I think it was Justine Bateman, but don't quote me on that, who said in an interview that things are really different now because back in the day, there were some celebrities and then a fan base. But now, everybody wants to be a celebrity. Why is this a problem for justice and for victims in general? It's because the value system that is set in our society through its individuals and then perpetuated by their fan base is one of self-entitlement and a sense of validation and power based on vanity metrics. There's less and less actual interest in humanity issues from society as a whole, except when that could also be exploited for social proof. In fact, even on those platforms that are supposed to be positive and pro-humanity, pro-goodness-based, there are some truly awful, even evil people that are revered as amazing, holistic, good humans and thought leaders. And in those industries, there is such a thing as toxic positivity and a bulk of them promote that. And then guess what? The rest of the people who are following and listening to these influencers eat it up and regurgitate it. There's no actual connection to humanity, empathy, and the truth of anything. People don't look at other people as human beings. They barely have the compassion to even look at themselves as a human being and not a case study for commercial comparison and consumption. 
So whoever has the most social media potential power is considered a winner and makes the rules, spoken and unspoken. And those people are not the kind, genuine, humble, compassionate, empathetic people. I know there are always exceptions, but I'm saying as a general rule, because unless you're also pairing that with something markedly sexy, none of those basic human qualities as beautiful and rare as they are, are loud enough to get attention. And in this narcissistic era, if you're not getting attention, you're not seen as important or valid, and you will likely not have the kind of support that you need and deserve, even in times of crisis. Contrast that to celebrities who behave badly. And we know this is true because we see it all the time. There are so many celebrities who treat people horribly and they keep going on TV, they keep having fans, they keep all their privileges and connections even if and when their bad behavior or mistreatment of another person is caught on camera. Nobody cares. And it's likely that the incidents that we may see of their cruelty or other deep ugliness are the kinds of things they've been doing their entire life without any real consequences because they got the money or the looks, the lifestyle, the fame. But if you have a victim or target of any of these people and that victim or target speaks up or otherwise fights back, instead of society appropriately canceling these celebrities or influencers, they shift blame on their victims. Generally, media consumers are pretty simple. They'll say and do whatever from the comfort of their home because it's easy. But not only are followers and consumers doing this, siding with the bad guys, but the companies, organizations, the institutions that actually have the money and power to do something, not only do not protect their client and go after the actual culprit that has exploited their client and taken their money, but they help the whole world, the whole fraud industry, and those highly organized criminals by ultimately giving a big shrug off and focusing their energies on ringing the victims for the money. In the Tinder swindler, if I remember correctly, I believe at the end, the guy that robbed all these women ended up opening some other business, has a model girlfriend, and is living his party fancy high life. Like, the world knows this guy did what he did. And I'm sure the people in the circle know They're having fun with him and they don't care. So anytime something like this happens and I hear people ask a barrage of questions to the victims, questions that aren't just curiosity, but essentially interrogation, which usually holds an undertone of accusation and victim shaming or blaming, it's frustrating to say the least. It's so damaging and unjust. I would be more angry if I didn't understand that so many people were disconnected from their intuitive humanity, how tuned out they are from the frequency that protects us. I could only be frustrated about this reality, that there are so many broken people. And I know in the therapy world, they don't like to say that people are broken. But for me, it's just a succinct way of describing something that is not whole in integrity and fully functioning properly. And most people really aren't. And they aren't even trying, that's the thing. They're trying a lot of things, but prioritizing their connection to a holistic, integrated humanity 
not high on the list, if on the list at all. And I can only be frustrated about that because the ones in control have set that tone and the corrupt ones want to be aligned with the ones in control. I can be angry about that and those people. I may not have the power at this moment to change the whole world and to make things right in an instant because healing and growing doesn't happen as instantaneously as destruction can. But as my friend worries about her future and has to face criticism from people who do not understand to criticize the perpetrators and not the victim, I can stand by her side and say, you are not to blame. You are not the one that should be ashamed. The shame and blame should go to the manipulators, the predators, those who add breakage to the world, human spirit by human spirit. And I can show up to the world and speak about or write about a new way for us to think and to be and to show up for the good in the world. I'm doing this for my friend, but I'm also doing it for you. I also want you to know that if someone's done something to you and you've been shamed into silence because people say that you shouldn't complain, that their violation is not a big deal, that you're a negative person for speaking up about your mistreatment by others, whether they mean to or not, those people giving you those messages are enablers. Now, I want to recognize that even the best of people can accidentally be on the wrong side of criticism. That is, they're criticizing the wrong issue, the wrong person, the wrong side of a situation where there is a perpetrator and there is a victim. And I will tell you right now that I do believe that there are such things as victims. And I believe that the victim mentality label has been overused and misused, making it another enabling tool for perpetrators. And I will go more in depth about that topic But for now, the main thing I want you to take away from this episode is as a survivor, it is not your fault. And as a person on the frequency who is trying to amplify that and understand it so that you can carry that force for good out into the world, always remember that manipulation and cruelty are unacceptable. And any energy towards blame or criticism should always be directed towards the purveyors of such actions and intentions. You don't need to criticize or lecture the victims, the recipients of such actions and intentions. They're already receiving things that they never deserved in the first place. It's more than enough. They have been injured and they need to recover. And if you aren't able to help them, please don't add to their injuries. This is how we help each other. This is how we help heal the world. We heal the good. We strengthen the good. And if there has to be any fighting, it should only be against that and those which harm the good. One final note for my friend Ella and for all the Ellas out there in the world that may be dealing with something like this. I want you to know, as Glennon Doyle always says, we can do hard things. What happened to you is not your fault because you just showed up in good faith and had you not met with someone who was a predator or a manipulator or an abuser, what you opened up to and what you put out could have yielded what you envisioned. You didn't know what you didn't know. And that's exactly what these predators are counting on. So please don't beat yourself over what happened to you. And don't take in any of the criticisms of people who also don't know better. They aren't in your shoes. You don't need to answer to them. Your only job now 
is to take care of yourself, to recover. You just got hit by a truck. It makes perfect sense for you to feel like the wind got knocked out of you. All you need to do is focus on breathing in, breathing out, taking your time to move as slowly and carefully as you need to nourish yourself, to heal, and to get back up. And find your people. Look to the helpers. Look to those who are tuned into this frequency. And thank you for tuning in as well. See you next time. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into The Hero Frequency.